Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Nerd Shit Live, where our technology fails us no matter how much fucking time we put into it. With me, as always, is Jer, Nick, Joe. Hey, how was everybody's hey, week? Was it good? Hey, hey we all had a good time, right? Yeah. Woohoo. Fuck this so much. I don't know why I chose to do this. Anyway, uh, how was everybody's week, huh? What'd you guys watch? What'd you guys play? Tell me about it. Um, I slept a lot, did some other work, and I played a sh crap ton of Warzone. Crap. There you go. You played Warzone? Who with? Yeah. Uh, it was like early, we started early this morning and we played like five hours. It was with Ken, Sean, and Kuba. Mm, mm. And then um, we won twice actually. Oh, nice. Woo. World champs. And then that it went downhill from there. Yeah, you always got to leave on the win, at least in my we mind. Should have. We should have. Um, when do you think that game's gonna go like out of style, if that's even possible at this point? <sighs> if there are still nine years, it's had a good there, run so far since March. It's, be... <laughs> <laughs> it's had a good run. Especially when lockdown was in effect. It's, exactly. It's you gotta remember, it's not just Warzone though. It's all of the COD community who love that game. Like, and COD's been going strong. Like, like significantly outsells almost every other franchise year after year. And like now that they have a battle royale, they're not gonna leave it. I will say though, going from Cold War back to um whatever uh, to Warzone that has like the modern warfare engine. It's just too slow for me now. Like, I have a hard time playing Warzone because I feel like I'm going too slow. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's, like, the opposite. When I try to do Cold War, it's like, oh, my God, I wish I could go faster or something, you know? But, you know, they're, they're still different games. But it's still fun. Still fun. It's probably going to die out maybe this coming March. Who knows, Joe? <laughs> maybe. maybe Joe. I don't think so. You might get your wish. <laughs> I do not think so. Speaking <laughs> of getting our wishes, guys, start with some news from the week. Turns out Deadpool 3 is rated R and is coming to the MCU. Yeah, what? baby. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got it. They switched. They switched on me. They they switched on me. That happens, yeah. <laughs> they like to jump around. Um, but yeah, Deadpool 3 uh, rated. So we knew it was coming to the MCU. We just didn't know what state it was gonna be in. And judging by the fact that up until Joker, the first Deadpool was on, was literally the most profitable comic book movie of all time, mm -hmm. it would be kind of a stupid decision for Disney not to go through and make a Deadpool movie. But I think they got the message when they said they might make it PG-13 that nobody wanted that. Yeah. I mean, you know, in terms of, like, how... Like, this is the third film in that franchise, and then all of a sudden, just like, now it's official that's in the MCU, and it's they gotta go all out on this one. They have to. Come on. I mean, look. Here's the thing. What do you got for us, Jer? If, Dead, if Deadpool sells this, it's gotta be a rated oh, film. Oh, I see. This is our sponsor, by the way. No, it's not, but I, I, I hope soon. Drink but responsibly. Like, come on, Deadpool, rated R, MCU, great combo. Just saying. Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think all of us enjoyed the first uh, two movies, right? I think Deadpool mm -hmm. 1 and 2 are of to the same effect. I do not believe that one is better than the other one. I think they're both just as funny, and they're both the same scale movie. However, I think Deadpool 2 has some terrible CGI with Juggernaut, but that's pretty much... That's my only, uh, <laughs> that would be my only complaint. Who do you complaint. think uh, they would introduce from the MCU? 
Oh, there's just so much. I want I mean, them to I go Spider-Man. I, it's All three of them. Yeah, it was definitely a hurdle trying <laughs> to uh, include whichever characters they could in, what was it, so- uh, Sony's uh, property. But um, Fox, they were able Fox. To get by Fox, yeah. They will get by just fine. Um, I mean, there's the whole Brad Pitt cameo. In, uh, oh, I forgot too. about that, yeah. So oh, yeah. they're able to accommodate just perfectly, I think. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm trying to think. That's right. The whole X-Force just dies in that one yeah, scene, right? Yeah, <laughs> And we wouldn't have had that if they actually had MCU. That, that yeah. one guy <laughs> flies right into the friggin' wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And who's the guy who's like utterly normal? And then like he's just like oh good the guy with the mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh Rob, Rob, right? That's is that his name or spit on with a atomic oil or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. Oh no! I uh, I don't have any powers. I just saw the flyer and figured I'd put myself out there. Great, you're in. Looks fun. <laughs> uh. Next up, though, I mean, obviously we're all excited about that. I don't think there's much we can speculate on or much that we could really dive into with that story. But I think the next story, actually, uh, we can all um, shed some light on. Lucasfilm has announced a new brand under their uh, tenor called Lucas Games. And the first two games they've announced is an Indiana Jones game made by the same team who made Wolfenstein at Bethesda and an open world game at Ubisoft Massive. Now, this is huge news because, I mean, we've been waiting on an open world Star Wars game for literally years at this point. Years. And on top of that, I would love another Indiana Jones game, especially from the people who made Wolfenstein. Because, like, who doesn't like a game where you can just beat the shit out of Nazis? No? So, yeah. what do you guys think? I mean, I've been waiting for this since I was 13. <laughs> Which one? Everything afterwards was just like a... Yeah, we need a good comeback ever since Lego Star Wars. So That's true. Yeah. I'm ready for this. But are we going to get pod racing? Would that be a thing? I mean, okay. the, like, I think it was, for me, it was Pod Racer Revenge. It was one of my all-time favorite games. Oh. Um, oh. I, I don't think I ever played the original, but yeah, the Pod Racer Revenge for PS2 um, was the height of gaming for me, and I would love to see that, especially in an open-world game. Imagine if you could just, like, hop over and do a couple races. Oof. Yeah. I would I would enjoy that. That would be fun. I'm really looking forward to um, the actual core mechanics, such as, like, are we going to be a Jedi? or Are we going to be a bounty hunter? Uh, will it be melee? Will it be um, more gun-focused? You know what I mean? I feel like in an open-world game, you kind of want to have both. But at the same time, if you're going to have melee combat in a Star Wars game, why wouldn't it be the Jedi, you know? Right. Well, the only thing, the thing I would say is, like, they've, they've told that story over and over again, so it's like... You might want to give yourself options other than just I'm a Jedi again. That's true. If if you want to play a bounty hunter, you can, and then just like or you hold up base in some planet or whatever. Oh, I, see I don't what know you're how saying. big of a scope it is, but well, it's they have a lot of potential. I mean, as far as the open world game is concerned, it's Ubisoft, so we know what to expect at this point. Every single game that they put out is an open world game. It's whether we like them or not, you know, it's icon filmed, uh, filled checking your map, doing meaningless side quests, and following a pretty, uh, at this point, a pretty generic main quest. However, they did change things up when they put out Immortals Phoenix Rising this year. And I, I mean, I love that game right now. I, I wish that it was more well-optimized so I could 
actually play it all the way through without having to jump over to my PS5. But that being said, it is still really good, and it's a nice change of play- pace from what they normally do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in terms of, like, you know, this sort of branding, right, especially for Ubisoft, I feel like if they've already done so well, you know, in terms of, like, objectively as possible like they, they've done pretty well in sales and like people's reception of it and of their games and everything like that now with lucas arts games or lucas films games whatever it's what lucas it games it's lucas games lucas arts is dead jer lucas art they put that oh, no, it's they lucas put that film games they it's p- lucas film games okay, it's lucas so. film games i thought it was just lucas whatever i don't really care either well, way either it's way, just it's yeah. away from ea and that's all that matters am i right am i right yeah it's away from ea fuck ea <laughs> sorry maybe i got carried away anyway did you guys ever play the uh the bounty hunter games you mean the Game. one the one for GameCube? Well, I had it for PlayStation. Oh, okay. I never played the original, but I I saw them I saw I saw the box in a TJ Maxx once and I tried to buy it, my mom wouldn't let me. <laughs> Damn. That's, a, that's another one. I'd love to see some of the like some of the mechanics of that game come back. You're playing as uh I, I guess it was Boba. Um and you like you chased, you know, you hunted bounties and stuff and like the storyline was great. Oh, no, um, definitely. Um, I, don't, I don't think I played that. Yeah, I remember seeing footage of it a couple times, maybe a couple Let's Plays here and there, but I don't really, uh, I don't really, what is that picture? I don't really, uh, I don't really remember it too much. My, my, my Star Wars collection was like Rogue Squadron, uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, that type of stuff. I never played the KOTOR games, but I would like to. I just got to sidetrack us for a second. Nick always looks so concerned whenever we're live. Like, I'm always expecting him to break some bad news. I'm just like, what's he doing? Is he checking out the stream? Is, you know, like, <laughs> is there an audio issue? But no, he's just Photoshopping <laughs> and this people is, during the show. And this is, this is pretty good. This is definitely one of his better ones, at least from what I've seen. <laughs> it's pretty appropriate, I would say. Anyway, uh, moving on to our, I guess, next topic. I mean, actually... Before we do that, Indiana Jones. I mean, oh yeah, we kind of glossed who, over that. Oh yeah, who mm-hmm. who saw that coming? Because like, obviously they're making another movie. Everyone's like, hey, don't do that. Um, but I personally am looking forward to an Indiana Jones game, like through and through. The last one came out on the original Xbox. It was trash. I got it from my one friend for his birthday. He ended up returning it. It was hurtful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Either way, though, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think an action-adventure Indiana Jones game in the same vein as, like, Uncharted is exactly what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, Jerry, you've played the Uncharted games, right? Oh, yeah. So So, just imagine, like, Indiana Jones with that type of skin on. With the whip. high def. Yeah, with the whip and the the gun and the hat. And uh, I I hope the punches still sound incredibly over-exaggerated, like they do in all of the movies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like yeah. we did the old favorites on Indiana Jones, like over the summer, and you you remember how those punches sounded? It's straight up like oh, yeah. right out of a cartoon in most cases. And another excuse to fight Nazis too. Exactly, yeah, that, exactly. I mean, it's a game for 2021. <laughs> I'm thinking we're doing a lot of that right now, as it is. <laughs> Step outside your door. <laughs> yeah. However, uh, I think uh, I think doing it inside the home would be nice too. You know. Yeah. Uh huh. 
But still, this and the, the one thing like they they've been talking about like oh new Indiana Jones movie and it's like I'm I just want them to to stop and leave Indiana Jones alone. This is the one thing where I'm like fine with it. Okay, cool. Give me more Indiana. Jones. I want Indiana Jones games forever. <laughs> I want more Uncharted, more Indiana Jones. I like action and adventure, fight Nazi games. Who doesn't? Uh, and of course, it's made by the same team who made the Wolfenstein games, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the new Wolfenstein games at all. It's basically the Nazis won World War II, and America basically becomes a resistance front for uh, pushing oh, back okay. the Nazis. Right. And uh, yeah, like I said, uh, great game, great mechanics, hard as shit. Hopefully, they don't make those games as hard. Um, it's produced. It's being produced by Bethesda, or I'm sorry, published by Bethesda, but not developed. Uh, which is good because Bethesda, when they develop games, you end up with Fallout seventy six. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like we 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 would have to probably the only time that we'll see the whip, Indy's whip, would be like behind a microtransaction. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh, 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 you can't get it, but for four ninety nine, you could get his whip. Just now, like, oh, honestly, whip. you know, at the risk of sounding like that fucking idiot, the quartering, um. What I hope they don't do, and this is not an endorsement of any of this, I hope they don't water it down. Like, give us the Nazi imagery. You know how, like, in Call of Duty, they don't use they don't use the swastika. They don't use any real, like, Nazi party propaganda. You know what I mean? Oh, and they're just going to put Hydra in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And like, here's the thing. I'm not saying I want to promote that ideology, but what I am saying is that like, let's beat them up. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. beat the, let's... put the Nazis in there. Let's beat the fucking shit out of them. You know what I mean? You know? Exactly. And then One let's find those see... crystal skulls. One thing I want to see is like, you remember that mechanic from the, from the Tony Hawk games where you, you had to like balance while you were grinding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I want yeah, like, yeah. all right. So you got to put the totem on the pillar and better, <laughs> like make sure it's weighted properly. Otherwise, the big boulder comes out and rolls after you. Oh, I would be, I would be shocked if the big boulder didn't make some <laughs> sort of uh, appearance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, all things look good on that front. I'm a little worried about that Ubisoft one, but it, you know, it'll just be nice to have an open world Star Wars game. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Who didn't see this one coming? Uh, Bruce Willis was asked to leave a Rite Aid uh, because he wasn't wearing a mask. Or I think he was just in a pharmacy uh, because he was refusing to wear a mask. Now, what's interesting about this is that apparently he had a bandana around his neck. And all he had to do was pick it up and put it over his nose and he's good. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, I feel like... Wearing a mask should kind of be a no-brainer, but I just feel like for, you know, Bruce Willis, he, I, I don't know, maybe all that diehard came was like, hey, sorry, man, I'm John McClane, nothing can kill me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to point out that Bruce Willis looks like a turtle now, like 100%. <laughs> like, if they were doing Franklin the Turtle live-action movie, like, he would need to get cast. Hey, it's Franklin. <laughs> He's uh, a little known fact. He's cousins with Mitch McConnell. Get out. No way. No, way. no, no. You're fucking with me right now. You're totally <laughs> fucking no. with me. Just by the way, everyone, they did this to me la after the last show where they told me Jared Leto ended up in rehab for a drug overdose. Okay. You can't believe a thing that comes out of these people's mouths. 
But that is very believable. Yeah. It is. It is believable. I don't think he's actually Mitch McConnell's cousin, though. Uh, it could be. Uh, is that is that Bruce Vine? Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. He made the attempt just by having it. Also, flawless leather jacket fit right there. <laughs> right. That is the perfect leather jacket. Actually, talk, t- speaking of turtles, he does look like, remember Dana Carvey in that yeah. like, master yeah. of the yeah. fat <laughs> film? Like pointy lip. Yeah, that's him. Oh, wait, also, can you move up the picture really quick? Like, no, I can't move it. Oh, well, in it, look at all the Christmas decorations that are still left. Like, that didn't get sold. It's a shame. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just this saying. This is part of the war on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. That's why. We well, can't. Jer, they can't sell any of those Christmas presents when Bruce Willis is standing in the way. They might catch COVID. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they left out. He's been standing there for three days. <laughs> Guardian. Notice me. I'm Bruce Willis. <laughs> Nobody oh, touches Bruce Willis. Nobody. <laughs> At least in my eyes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I look. We can all. I mean, I think we can all pretty much say he's being an asshole, right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real well, dick move. Yeah. At least he didn't like stay put. You know, and then like fight people. Oh, he's not like one of those fucking idiots that's like. This is my this is my right. Are you ruining right. God's perfect exactly. breathing machine? I'd, I'd love to see that video. Like basically, remember that time Cat Williams got beat up by like a kid? Yeah. I'd love to see Bruce Willis just like get beat up by like a teenager who works at Rite Aid. I mean, from the one article that we read, or I read at least, um, it seemed like it was pretty civil. Like somebody yeah, was yeah. just like, "Hey, you should put a mask on." He was like, "No." They're like, "Yeah," and he just left. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. I don't know it. It's kind of disheartening to see when you see someone with like that much influence and that big of a platform and like yeah, with a new movie too. Exactly. And you want to know what the other the other thing is that like there have been like not really like rumors but like confirmed reports here and there, especially like from Kevin Smith, who said like Bruce Willis is like the biggest dream shatterer ever. Like he's a total asshole to work with. Like, he's kind of a dick to be around, which makes sense because, you know, he actually went to college in Montclair for acting, so makes sense. <laughs> North mm-hmm. Jersey, fucking snob. Uh, anyway, um, but, yeah, like, the fact that he's this arrogant to even, like, even if he doesn't dispute the science, because I don't think there's any reports of that. It's just, like, why wouldn't you just do it just to be civil? You know what I mean? Like, even if you hate wearing it, you don't have to wear a mask outside. Like, just wear one to go in and get out. You know what I mean? Also, just to avoid the fact that people are going to recognize Bruce Willis. That's like, true. yeah, That's true. Yeah, I figure like, we're hey, so- Mitch McConnell <laughs> <laughs> from the eyes up. It looks like, yeah. I figure yeah. celebrities. I figure celebrities would want to not be recognizable and would wear masks anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he's promoting his new movie. That's it. That's you know? true. Too. <laughs> uh, this will definitely get the public. Bruce it Willis. gets the public going. <laughs> <laughs> picture a bunch of like PR people be like alright maybe we do some crazy viral video he's like what if I just walk into a CVS without a mask <laughs> <laughs> Bruce not your best idea I'm gonna do it alright well when we start selling he's like, t- part of a flash mob. <laughs> he's like when we start selling tickets you'll thank me later Bruce the movie theaters are still closed what <laughs> doing flash mobs at the Capitol now. <laughs> I read I read that he's actually quarantining with like his ex-wife and their kids. So I'm sure that would make you go a little crazy if you had to quarantine with your ex-wife. And here's the weird part. He has a new wife. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so he's just been staying with his ex-wife and his kids, you know? Yeah. Well, that's his rationale. You tell him to put a mask on. He's like, I got two wives, buddy. All right. <laughs> can't like, tell I already me have it bad enough, okay? I can't breathe. Nothing's going to kill me, bro. All right. I got two wives. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up in our final story of the evening. It's uh, it's really strange like, because this film has been in so much limbo back and forth and back and forth. Uh, but Godzilla vs. Kong got moved up to a March release date, March 26th. So about uh, two months. And no trailer. No trailer has come out yet. Uh, this film was originally supposed to come out March 2019. And then it got pushed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Was it? Yeah, March 2019. And then it got pushed to November 2019. And then it got pushed to to may to may mm -hmm. and now it it's got pushed to then it was like up in limbo because you didn't even know when it was supposed to come out and now uh when they said it was coming out on hbo max in may legendary pictures like shit the bed and was like hey we we don't want that you know we finance 75 percent of this film we want it to have a theatrical release Netflix tried to pick it up for $200 million and just, you know, they, they would release it however they wanted. But Warner Brothers actually stopped that acquisition because they own the distribution rights. Right. So uh, that's why they felt it should be on HBO Max. So there was there was kind of this limbo about this movie and Dune because those were the two legendary pictures that were coming out with partnerships from Warner Brothers. So I don't know what the deal was. I tend to believe that this move is tr is legendary using its own asset to try and sink the Warner Brothers ship. Because like I said, this movie now comes out in two months. No trailers, no promotional material. Nobody knows what it's about. I mean, besides for the fact that it's just Godzilla and King Kong beating the shit out of each other. But... I, it's so strange. I mean, I'm excited because I'm I'm going to watch it. I mean, you guys know me. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. This was my number one anticipated movie of this year. Um, so, yeah, thoughts on that. Let's 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 deliberate on that for a bit. Jerry, you you yourself have gone through some uh, existential distribution crisis this year with your own film. So why don't you go ahead and shed some light on that? Well, I mean, listen, uh, so, for example, like even with uh, the film festivals that we were going through, I mean, we had like a whole, you know, physical film festival like tour they were going to go through. Like we were going through, um, I think it was like Spain, Brazil, I think like one in Europe or whatever. But, you know, COVID happened. And then, you know, then we had like a online release. Like uh, like there's like online film festivals. Now, now we have an actual theatrical release now coming on February 5th. And but it's like half and half. It's like select theaters and then also now like vod but seeing this though i don't know this this is a lot of money like uh what's this it's like cost 200 million dollars right? right and i think it's important to note not to cut you off jared i think it's important no, to no. note that yeah. the last godzilla barely made a profit well that's and the thing right really? that oh yeah the first godzilla Made, uh, I think it made two hundred million in one weekend, and it went on to make like five or six hundred million at the at just like worldwide box office. The last one though had such poor word of mouth due to the fact that it was not nearly as good as the first one. Like they 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 delivered on what they said they were going to do. Everyone's complaint about the first Godzilla movie was that there wasn't enough Godzilla. 
So they upped the monster action in the second one, but they totally forgot about the human characters and they totally <laughs> forgot about the human story. So like there is illogical fallacies throughout the whole movie, like crazy, crazy, like, like no laws of physics at all apply. They try to rip off the Avengers in some scenes. It doesn't really work. There are some cool stuff, things that I do like in that movie, but uh, I'll let Jared get back to his point. But overall, I don't, I don't see how this is a good move at all for Legendary or Warner Brothers, and that's why I think, like, you know, conspiracy tinfoil hat Pat right now, that's why I think there is, this is definitely Legendary trying to sink the ship, trying to be like, look, streaming doesn't work, now you have to put Dune out in theaters, no streaming, you know what I mean? Because Dune has franchise material. This is the last film in this franchise, as far as we know. You know what I mean? It's a power play. Yeah, it's definitely a power play. They're willing to sink the ship just to make a point. One thing I just want to point out real quick, and sorry to interrupt again, Jer, is with a movie like this, it's like, do you really need a trailer? It's like, you know what you're going to get. It's like, it's a popcorn movie. It's a big blockbuster movie. You got two of the biggest monsters of all film history. People are going to watch it, you know, if they're sitting at home, you know, like, oh, King Kong, Godzilla, if they've got nothing else to choose from. I like not negating anything, but I think it's also it's like, do you really need the promotional material that much? Right. I think I think to Jer's point, though, is just the awareness. You know, it's not really so much like you need to understand what's going on before you go into the movie. It's just the awareness. And right now there is none. Like I said, uh, I think. Uh, Jacob from discussing film on Twitter put out the other day that like it has we it this movie comes out in two months and we've all but seen maybe like six or seven seconds of footage overall like we don't we don't have a, even a teaser trailer we've seen some leaked stills we've seen some leaked action figures but nothing 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 substantial that's that makes me hype to want to watch it but go ahead Jared please continue well well that well you know to go off from uh, what you guys are saying, right? Um, and this was the point that I was going to make. It's just like, especially after Wonder Woman, right? And they definitely had a lot of like marketing material available, like on YouTube and everything. Uh, people were hyping that up for a while. And now this film coming after <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 and like with like the marketing material, like I think to, to kind of, you know, support, Nick's point where you know you might not need a whole lot of marketing maybe they're trying to do where it's automatic right when you pull up your fire tv or your roku and you know like that banner that's like on the top yeah. it's just like you really can't ignore that when you turn it on and then probably it's gonna pop up it's just godzilla versus uh kong versus, uh godzilla versus king kong or whatever and the thing is regardless maybe because they're so worried about how it's going to do on this like new frontier that they're, you know, going to come across. I feel like they just don't want to spend more money mm-hmm. than what they've already done. So if they could just, you know, cheapen the cost and just have like that banner when you turn on your Roku or your fire stick or whatever, you know, it's just, that's more than enough. And yeah. it's just like, once you click on it, it links you straight to HBO. I guess I never thought about it like that, that we have more direct channels for marketing nowadays, but I just, I just kind of feel like when you see a $200 million movie coming out, I always feel like you just can't escape the marketing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that being... Like, a risky move. Do yeah. you guys remember when we did the, the Borat episode? Um, I don't think there was there wasn't much, if any, promotional material leading up to the, like, that, that week that it got released. True. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then when I got to... Uh, what platform was that on? 
Amazon, oh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, and it was so I remember opening up the Amazon app, and uh, like usually where there'd be like five or six movies, every single one was like Borat subsequent movie uh... film. It's like all they had to do was just spam your homepage. Definitely mm-hmm. makes sense. And now that I say this out loud, you know. We always talk about how these movies barely make profit. Well, some of the like Tenet had to make five hundred million dollars just to break even because yeah. it cost two hundred million dollars to make these movies, but it also costs a hundreds of million. Usually, like rule of thumb is if however much you spent on the the film, you want to spend at least half of that promoting it, right? right? So all the marketing costs, all the promotional materials. Godzilla vs. Kong doesn't have any of those. You know what I mean? There's going to be no posters, no paid spots, no Super Bowl spots, nothing for this film, at least uh, from what we can see right now. So really, how much is the marketing going to cost them? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. what is what is the, the over-under going to be? Like, how is Warner Brother going to compensate Legendary Pictures for this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just a very yeah. strange time that we live in for this particular release i guess you know and hopefully in 2022 uh you know a whole year from now movies will be back in the theater and you know what it's actually kind of funny now that you mention it and on how like you know who owes who and then like all this money that's going around it's like it's always been a set plan for all these studios and these distribution companies to where like they've always felt comfortable in the formula that they've already had this whole time and now you see all these companies like trying to figure shit out still like and they're you know, there a lot of them are still losing money. Well, a lot of them are just hey like man. they have IPs available, but they're just keeping it, you know, delaying, delaying, and it's just like they don't know what to do now. Well, you know? that it's crazy. That's kind of like we what we said in the beginning of the pandemic. We we're like, right, right. they're never go- dude. If they ever want to make a billion dollars on these blockbusters again, they need to mm-hmm. charge like eighty dollars for a VOD rental, and it's just not gonna happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not gonna be there, especially when you you can't even own the picture that you're you're purchasing or renting, so to speak. You know what I mean? I, right. I don't know, but yeah. I mean overall, I'm excited that this is coming out in March. Obviously, we're gonna do an episode on it. At least I think mm-hmm. so. <laughs> and we're uh, gonna have to. And yeah. of course, I mean, yeah, dude, it's fucking. I mean, just I mean, even just to shed a little bit of light on that. Even if you're not into the whole giant monster kaiju thing, the iconography that's going to be on screen as people who like films like us, that's definitely something that I want to watch. You know what I mean? Because remember, Toho is still making Godzilla movies with guys in suits, you know, and models. (laughs) And um, America, we were just like, nah, throw the computers at the screen. Right. I'm pretty sure they said like they had to wait to make the 2014 Godzilla film because the processors they were using to render out his model would have taken like six months if they didn't have the right equipment. So that's wow. why Legendary mm-hmm. took so long because they had to upgrade their computer system. Uh, moving on, though. We're on to our main topic, though, tonight, right? Yeah. Okay. Come on, please, please be the, the right, right one. one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We want soul! Yay! We want soul! Soul! Alright, so... First we're gonna do non-spoilers. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's Nick. Nick's got the poster. You're looking good at... You're looking good as... 
I didn't see this movie. Wait, hold up. <laughs> that doesn't look familiar at all. That, that's the version that they showed in China. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They did. That's pretty cool. I was like uh, in The Simpsons. Was it the Mr. Sparkle? <laughs> Homer's famous in Japan for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> that version, yeah. You guys want to know what this movie made me think about? Just off the top. Morty, uh, kill Pen Sylvester. <laughs> um, but to start, obviously, we're going to do non-spoilers for the first 10 minutes. Then we're going to do uh, spoilers for the 10 minutes after that, and then we'll just go into clip of the week. Um, but let's start non-spoilers. I'm just going to say it right here, right now. Don't think it's Pixar's best movie, but it is undoubtedly their best-looking film. The lighting yes. engine they're mm -hmm. using is unlike anything I've seen in my life. I was captivated by the images, by the the absolute rendering of every scene. Like, I can't believe the way some of those shots looked. It was... Yeah. yeah. There's a scene that takes place in the hospital room, probably for, like, the second time. Um, and for a second, I thought it was it turned into a live action movie halfway through. The bed, that realistic. Yeah, yeah, the oh bed. Oh, yeah, I yeah, said yeah. the same thing. Yeah, and it's just like, oh my gosh, they they have they know what they're doing already. Because like in Toy Story, that the latest one, they were figuring stuff out with lighting. So now they're just like, oh, we could just do whatever. Yeah. Film from here they on improve out. Improve upon it's just easy. technology with each movie. As yeah. much as oh, I don't yeah. want to admit it, RTX probably had a lot to do with this. You know what oh, I mean, it's Jer? A, it's it's probably AI. it's probably their engine that they're they're running with RTX, but like but they probably made their own though. Oh yeah, I mean, fair enough, you know. Yeah. Um, but just to just to get off the you know without without going into spoilers, so what'd you guys think of the story overall? I thought it was pretty good. You know, I, I thought it was very uh, introspective. You know, once again, another another Pixar film that gives you a new perspective. It didn't right. fill me up with emotion and make me feel a certain way. During, you know, other Pixar films, like I know, like during the end of Toy Story 4, I almost cried, but oh, right. um, yeah. that's hard to beat. Yeah, but I, and like I was watching it with uh, Liz and her mom and they were both all welled up with emotion and everything. But I but to me, I just kind of felt like, you know, this was not their biggest emotional wallop. But even then, I, I still thought the film was so one good. thing that didn't that I didn't miss um, was this is the second movie in recent years that they've done that has to do with like death and the afterlife, mm -hmm. which is like they're, they take children seriously. Uh, and like they, they can, you know, deal with these bigger topics, these heavier topics, which I think is pretty cool. I'm glad they're going rather than just like sugarcoating it. Yeah. Right. Right. Which, um, <laughs> I mean, that is true. It, it was kind of like this weird, like, mix of what did they call it like it was like pre-souls like where you basically have like you get your personality yeah. and everything and then you know you go to the world and then it was post-life where like you could either just go straight to the great beyond or you could be a mentor right mm -hmm. that fucking guy terry the accountant he yeah. was great but there's something very like bleak and dreary about this movie when you compare it to like Coco, where it's just like, oh, right. you know, when you die, you're having a party the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that afterwards. And everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> like I said, not to spoil anything, but I was cracking up when they were going to the great beyond because it sounded like mosquitoes on a bug zapper. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the cat. The cat, you guys remember the cat where they're like, what happened to the cat's soul? And then he's on the <laughs> conveyor belt. Meow. 
<laughs> doesn't know where the fuck it is. It's just like, what's going on here? Oh, man. The, uh, I think it, it's also interesting how, like, the physical being in this film can still be alive and well, but your soul could absolutely be crushed and killed by like yeah. that guy in the, with the sign. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, you got to wait until the thinnest part of whatever. And he's like, when's that? Well, the government calls it six 30. <laughs> yeah. It was a Graham Norton. I was, I was shocked. Oh, yeah. that's, was that Graham? Was that Graham? I thought Graham Norton wow. was, I thought Graham Norton was, um, he was the uh, he was one of the other um, Jerry's. Yeah, he was, yeah, he's the captain. Okay, he was the captain. I know Donnell Rawlings was, the, was Dez. He was the barbershop yeah. guy, and he was awesome. I thought he. I thought everybody was good. Yeah. Um, Questlove is curly. Questlove is curly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that you know what? Actually, let's talk about that. The music scenes. Now, all of us here are, mu- are musicians. We've all played live before. We've all we've all been in in those clubs, big rock shows. How do you how how did you guys feel about the music scenes? Because like they had to like actually motion track people playing instruments, right? Like right. they had to get that down because like even the ivory on the keys looked worn, like real ivory. You know, mm-hmm. like where did they the, the attention to detail in in a lot of those scenes, especially the playing, is excellent. It's absolutely yeah, they jaw dropping. They yeah. definitely did their homework and everything like that. <laughs> they learned from Fletcher, whatever that guy's <laughs> name is. <laughs> is it pulling or dragging? I think the dragging? biggest takeaway in regards to music was the musicians' uh, attitudes. Um, who was the that lead woman in the uh, the jazz band? Uh, Aretha Franklin. No, <laughs> close though. Oh, Dorothea. But Dorothea. It's uh, Angela Bassett plays her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dorothea Williams. Yeah. Dorothea. I yeah, loved Dorothea. how uh, aloof she was, and I, I maybe. Yeah. Feel like she was a real jazz legend. I mean, you always hear about yeah. these awful stories of like Charlie Parker and you know, right? Just all the demons that they had and how they treated their band, but they were still amazing musicians. Like they actually got that perfectly. I yeah, think. it's like Marilyn Manson and Ginger Fish. You know, you can only sustain so much. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> mental, in- dude. There are so many videos on the internet of the late '90s, like early 2000s, Marilyn Manson of him like throwing mic stands at Ginger Fish, like ripping him off the drum set like totally just openly abusing oh, his drummer yeah that's his name ginger fish <laughs> all i know is twiggy twiggy, twiggy and john oh. five one Bucket thing i head. also wanted to point out is the music i was i was gonna bring that up too but go ahead composed uh trent Reznor and atticus ross for everything that was in the afterlife and uh really john Batiste, oh, wow. all the yep. all the jazz was it was written by uh john batiste that's yep. actually incredible. That, and yeah, that's so cool. What's cool about that is I feel it reminded me a lot of Birdman. Do you guys remember Birdman, the jazz, like yeah, drums? Oh, yep. Right. It, it's one of my favorite soundtracks and films. And I felt like this film wasn't pandering. You know what I mean? Where I feel like if when you when sometimes there's movies about musicians or about the music industry or what music musicians go through, I feel like sometimes they try to emulate the music, but it comes off a little bit pandering, almost like it's too on the nose. This did not feel like that at all. I felt like it fit all the tone, right? It set the mood really well. It was paced really well. You know, when he's running through the streets and you hear the drums and you know, the cats running and everything, it, mm-hmm. like I said, it, it, it didn't, feel like it was forced it was very natural and i really appreciated that yeah it it seemed like they really cared about it like they chose 
you know, they, they were in a meeting and then they decided it's like, what kind of, okay, so it's going to be like about this guy who loves, you know, this type of music, but what music are we going to choose? All right, jazz. All right. We're going to do like all it takes to make it right. And it really shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that for sure. It's interesting too, because I've noticed recently that, um, almost like the whole aspect of a troubled musician is become mm-hmm. almost like a device in storytelling mm-hmm. or character building. Um, totally different, but I just recently watched uh, Unorthodox, um, and the character turns out she's uh, like always wanted to be a musician and stuff, and always had that buried deep inside her. They basically use that to humanize her mm. and uh, have you, you know, like almost sympathize with her in a, a bit. So it's interesting that new angle that I've been seeing like implemented in new movies. Right. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point, Joe. Is that I feel like they do rely on the struggling musician as a plot device. Where instead of the struggling musician being a plot device, that's actually just the character in this film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to like he gets the gig. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he gets the gig <laughs> no matter right what. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. We're going into spoilers at this point. I can't hold back anymore. Uh, he gets the gig, and then he dies, like almost immediately. Yeah. Afterwards. He accepts it. Yeah. And. What's interesting about that, I didn't see the whole cat, like the cat and uh, human storyline happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, was not anticipating. I was not anticipating that, but thankfully they didn't stay on that. You know what I mean? It was interesting because it put both characters out of their element. We're like, uh, which we haven't mentioned her by name yet, but 22 is played by Tina Fey. And I thought she was excellent as well. (laughs) And... Um, you get to see pretty much the pattern and how their perspectives change on life where Joe Gardner thought that he would be happier now that he got this gig and he'd been wanting to be a professional musician for the rest of his life and X, Y, and Z. And he finally got there and it actually wasn't what he thought it was going to be where 22 didn't want to go to earth because she didn't think that it was going to be worth her while. And now that she got to go down there and experience it, she got to see the, the beauties that could be in a living life. You know what I mean? Even with like the littlest things, like even getting yelled at by a guy in the subway, like she was scared, but like she truly appreciated that, you know, and it was like, crazy i love the part i love the part where she pulls out the drink underneath the subway and she's like (laughs) she's like can you believe still half full (laughs) she's optimistic she didn't say half empty. i didn't feel like there was a lot of the pixar stupid cartoony humor that we get in a lot of these pixar films and i i obviously i think that was by design there's still humor like the accountant like terry uh i thought he was great and I feel bad for Terry because Terry's just trying to do his job, you know. Terry's actually oh, yeah. an excellent and accountant. He's great at his job, and I love, <laughs> I love. <laughs> and he just wants recognition. That's all he wants. Yes, I love. I'm good at this shit. Right? I love. They're like, well, what about Terry? Yeah, well, we figured him out, and it cuts to them, and he's like counting, and then they they distract him with something, and just over his shoulder, just move it real. Right. I was like, yo, these guys are cooking the books behind Terry's yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> The whole commission's gonna come down on these guys. No, but I like that. What? Yeah. It it kind of like the fact that they were all, uh, you know, like voiced by Kiwis. Kind of it, it helped. It all it kind of helped make it feel foreign and different. 
Right. Like they're just slightly different uh, accents made it feel like, okay, this is the afterlife. Right. I um I enjoyed their design too. I thought their design was oh, yeah. very unique. I thought it was very visually striking. I couldn't tell which was the front and which was the side and which was the back, and it was disorienting in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind of like like a little like a Pablo Picasso esque. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Certainly, certainly. Um, so actually, let's talk about the ending. Um. I'm not totally sold on the ending and not that I don't think it's a good ending. I just feel like it was kind of a cop out. I feel like it would have been a much stronger ending had Joe Gardner actually passed into the afterlife. Well, yes. Oh, no, go ahead. I'll just say real quick. I can look at it from both angles, what they were trying to express by the end. But at the same time, I will say it was a long buildup. Just for that last message, just like appreciate the little things in life. Yeah, and you know, even then, it was just like more to it, but the me- they were like, "Hey, by the way, we thought you were such a good mentor because we had we had we've had such a hard time with twenty two that we're gonna reward you by cooking our books, not doing what we normally do, and we're gonna give you a second chance." You know what I mean? Like I said, I just feel like it's a cop out, like. Uh, what it kind of reminded me of, I know it's totally separate topic, totally unrelated, but it kind of reminded me of, uh, if you've ever played Jedi Fallen Order, uh, you know, spoilers for that, they find the MacGuffin, but because it exists inside of a bigger universe, they just cut it in half and they're like, oh, well, because now it has no significance in the Star Wars universe. You know what I mean? It's like all that build up and then it's totally gone away. You know, I just, I just feel like. The point of the story was that he's supposed to learn his lesson before he passes on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like so. I thought about that too, right? Where it's just like, oh, they're gonna give him, they're giving him a second chance and everything, and it's just like, okay, he deserves it and whatever. But if they ended up, and I thought about if they ended it with him permanently dying and going to the afterlife, well, I feel like maybe it's just for them to also show that joe is probably also going to spread that ideology i don't know it's more so of you know he was he was the mentor to 22 <laughs> jesus jerry he's, he's not a member of isis <laughs> <laughs> what i said jesus jerry he's not a member of isis <laughs> yeah he spread this ideology yeah, he's like, what what are you talking about <laughs> just like well it's just like he's just spreading like um in terms of uh the things that he's learned or something right like that. The he is a teacher and you know who knows it's like open-ended like is he gonna accept that job because like that's that wasn't said mm-hmm. you know is he gonna join isis is he gonna join isis as like you know their drummer boy you, you know, know, ju- know judging by what jar is saying right now i think he's gonna join isis you know yeah. well no i i think I agree now that would have been an ending <laughs> I, I also kind of felt that, it, it, like, originally I was like, oh, this feels a little hollow. Like, you know, he should just, you know, he, he already has accepted death. So they're get, now giving him a second chance that, like, it's less powerful. But I also do think it's interesting to see how he might now, like, these, these opportunities, like, he played the gig and he was like, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel the way I thought I would. Whereas, like, now even just the little things like, you know, teaching his students you know, that will be a more enriching experience for him playing these gigs, you know, like he'll be able to, to take those in a different light. So I don't know. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I definitely see where you guys are coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And honestly, actually, let's talk about that real quick. 
we haven't brought up Jamie Foxx once, and I think that's more of a good thing because Jamie Foxx disappeared into this character. He was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave a great performance. It, I think I'm not sure if this is his first role of voice acting. I'm not entirely sure about that, but if it was, that, he did yeah. he did an excellent job. It, it was stellar, and my my only wish is that, or my only I guess the only regrettable thing about new Pixar movies is that they are not doing sequels to these. They have said recently that sequels to their classic films, their bigger franchises are financially significant to keeping the studio afloat. So you are going to get a Toy Story 5 and a Toy Story 6. You're going to get a Cars 4. You're going to, you know what I mean? But these new ones, like the Soul and the other one that's coming out in a few weeks in March, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think they're they're batting a 1,000 right now, and I, I, I can't wait to see what they have next. Like I said, just based on the way this film looks alone, it is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what was the, uh, what was the other Pixar movie from a few years ago that was kind of out there, dealt with the same thing, uh, Inside Out? Inside Out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. kind of very reminiscent of that movie in certain regards. Um, as much as I loved this movie and that one, I do not expect them to kind of, like, capitalize on either of those IPs. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Um, yeah, you can only. For yes. the record, Jamie Foxx did a voice in the film Rio, 2011. Django? <laughs> Not Django. Rio is about okay. birds. And then Re- there's uh, a bunch of New Zealand people in there too. Uh, Rio. That's right. I forgot about that movie. I have never seen it, but I know that it exists. How could I have forgotten? Anyway. <laughs> oh, and Rio too in 2014. Um. Either way, though, I highly recommend it. If you're into Pixar, if you just want to watch a good movie, like for an hour and forty minutes of your day, that was the other thing too. It was it was brief and it still told mm-hmm. a good story, which I appreciate, as opposed to Wonder Woman, where it was two hour, two and a half hours, and it told no story. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, scores for me, like nine out of ten. Jer, what about you? I probably like an eight. So apathetic. <laughs> Nick? I'd probably be around the same range, eight or nine. Joe? Yeah, eight. Eight? Oh, man. Whew. I didn't think I would like this movie more than Joe and Nick specifically, but... I'm just glad we finally got a Pixar uh, barbershop scene. Yeah. Long overdue. That's true. That's true. Actually, you know what? Let That real quick... What was up with that? Remember, they're like, "I need you to line me up," and then like, the the razor like shoots out of his hands, ricochets off this, like, sm- like if the, there was some cartoony moments like that, you know what I mean? But like, it was still, I still feel like this is Pixar at its most like grounded in reality, despite the fact that there was like this whole afterlife pre life thing. Mm-hmm. I like the whole the whole boat aspect where that guy's out there catching untethered souls and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> Captain always goes down with his ship, and it just <laughs> cuts to him like outside on the corner, and then he goes down. Oh, that was good. All right. With that being said, I think we all know what it's time for, right? Mm. Oh yeah, the clip of the week. Oh. 
right. jazz hands at the end every time. So let me just see. Can you guys see? Can you guys actually see yes. the clip? Oh, oh, oh! There it is. Okay, we're on. It's on. It's on OBS. We're okay. We're okay. All right. I haven't seen this yet. I just downloaded it and I queued it up. So okay. let me just say ahead of time, there's a person operating this. Operating this. Okay. This. Okay. All right. Let's do it. And Santa's on the go. <laughs> oh wait, what the fuck is that? Is that a dog? What the fuck? There goes. Yes, we can. Yes. So that wasn't a drone. <laughs> I don't know what, what you want to call that. What I, I love, like what I love is uh, this frame right here. Right there. Right there. Like that frame right there just yeah. says it all for me. Such a violent sound. Uh, yeah. Well, let's watch it again because that was that was that was well worth it. It reminds me of that episode of Ed, Ed and Eddie where they build the plane to try to escape the tension, and they get caught on the power lines. <laughs> That's fucking cool. Oh. Is that a dog? <laughs> what the fuck? Yo. There goes Santa. Oh, oh my fuck. god. Oh. And then he says, Get back. I love how he's just hanging. He's just Get hanging away. on the fucking pole. I like the guy got out of his car too. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I love how innocuous so, uh, it all starts. There goes Santa. Just, yeah, just to reassure oh, Jared. That guy lived and didn't okay. have any injuries whatsoever. Really? Oh, man. Yep. That, was a, it sounded, that sounded a bit sarcastic, Joe. No, <laughs> that's what the comments said. Okay, okay. <laughs> Take him with a grain of salt. But. I mean, he definitely, if, if, if he had no physical injuries, his pride is definitely hurting right now for sure. <laughs> like there's... he's not getting that gig next year, yeah. Yeah, no, he's. This was the last time they hired Jerry to be Santa. All right, like. Oh man. And by the way, let's. I mean, I mean, if he had a little bit more clearance room, he would have made it. You know, he didn't. Yeah, where's? Oh yeah, where's air traffic control? Like here he goes again. Let's see. This. <laughs> Fucking Just hell. imagine, like, working for, like, DPW and be like, oh, well, I got a call. Uh, somebody flew into the power lines. What, they fly? Some guy dressed as Santa flew into the power lines. What is? What even is that? What is that? Is a gy gyrocopter? That, I, don't I don't think that's a gyrocopter. I don't even know. I, I don't know. I don't know at all. It's definitely not street legal. Yeah, for sure. For sure, it is definitely not street legal. That's why he never touched the street. And you want to be clear? You want to know what? This is why Santa doesn't drive one of these. Okay, so this yeah. guy got it wrong. Okay, because if Santa was driving this, we would never get presents every single year. Well, also you'd wake all the kids up as you flew over houses. <laughs> yeah, but the pitter, the pitter patter Roads. of hooves on Christmas Eve keep me fast asleep. Like there goes Santa. I love the initial impact, and I love the oh fuck. <laughs> fuck me, that's a good one. That's a good. That's a good clip of the week right there. That's... Oh man! I, like, I, and I then he I just hangs. The video queued up, 
I recently saw a video of some city. So there was a guy doing donuts in a pickup truck in the middle of like a crowded intersection. He knocks out, he slips and knocks out a streetlight, which then hits the power lines and they fall onto the ground. And like, there's people standing there. I have to find this clip for you guys. We'll bring it in next week. All right. Um, I would just like to say right before we go, I do love the fact that after he hits the power line and it, the transformer explodes, he's just hanging there. Like how long did he hang there for? Like, dude, we know PSE and G isn't getting there till tomorrow. That's what I did. That's what I was thinking. It's like, is <laughs> PSE and G? Yeah, is <laughs> PSE. Hey, sorry, man. We're off tomorrow. You're gonna be stuck up there all day. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. That was good. I like that one. I'm gonna save that one. That one's for me. All right. Well, with that being said, we thank you very much for watching uh, this live stream. And uh, if you want to listen to the show again, you want to recommend it to your friends, all of uh, the audio versions of these podcasts will be available on all major podcast networks. On top of that, uh, we'd like to thank you for sticking with us, giving us the downloads, watching our clips, uh, going back and checking out what we have. Uh, once again, you can follow the show on Instagram at nerdshitlive.com. If you have a Twitter, I think that platform is going to die now that Trump's off of it. But um, uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, at nerdshitlive. Also, on top of that, you can follow us on our regular socials. I'm at PNAPS on pretty much everything. Jer is at Jer Condes on Instagram. J- Nick is at hip, was it? At Nick McFly now, right? You changed it. Yeah. And then Joe is at Joe Enright with three E's, right? That's where we're at now. Three, four E's this week. Four E's. All right. Four E's now. But uh, other than that, thank you very much uh, for watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.